This is a test. This station is conducting a test of the emergency broadcasting system. This is only a test. Of all these opinions, this is the one that continues to blindside me, dumbfound me, gobsmack me, thunderstruck Just me. blasphemy. Absolute blasphemy. Okay, it's happening. Everybody stay calm. What's the procedure, everyone? Calm. What's the procedure? Stay calm! This is the Overreaction Podcast. I am Chase. With me is always my man, Cody. Welcome back. We had a, a little break there. You had a nice little vacation. How was Colorado? It was a good time, man. I am uh, I'm definitely feeling the side effects still. Unfortunately, y'all can't see me, or maybe fortunately for me, because the bottom half of my face looks like a full-on tomato <laughs> and has been peeling for the last three days. Uh, windburn and sunburn from the slopes got me there on one of the last days I was in Colorado. But yeah, it was a good time to unwind. We've been been grinding through the entire dynasty season. I think we've had one week off since we really started up the fantasy draft room and then since we launched the overreaction pod as well. So nice little chance to unwind, kind of to sit back, take off from fantasy for a little bit, come back, recharge and go through the rest of the fantasy off season with y'all. And, and you couldn't take too much time off. You, you, you took time out of your vacation because you know Dalton Kincaid was getting you riled up, so uh, <laughs> you, you had to write a little piece on on Dalton Kincaid and and kind of make sure people understood what was really going on there. Yeah, you know, we were writing my piece for the newsletter. You we we alternate weeks back and forth. If y'all don't know for the newsletter, if you haven't checked out the newsletter, go do that and sign up for it. Check the Destination Debbie Twitter accounts. We drop those every Saturday, except for the draft weekend. We gave you a little special preview one, but those will be dropping every Saturday. Every Friday. Yeah, Friday, my bad. Yeah. Right. And uh <laughs> my turn to write one. And so I was like, man, I don't I don't know if I'm gonna write one this week. I might might just ask Chase to do it. And then I looked on KTC and saw that Dalton Kincaid was tight and five over George Kittle and I couldn't let that stand I had to write a full dissertation a full full article for y'all in there so if you haven't checked that one out I won't get into too much of the details here for it go check out the newsletter from Friday from this past weekend and uh yeah I, I like Dalton Kincaid still he's still not my tight end one Michael Mayer is still my tight end one in this class and I know that's hypocrisy to a lot of people out there because he's tight end five on all tight ends right now apparently to most people in the fantasy space at least through ktc and that's absolutely ludicrous for a rookie tight end of dalton kincaid stature to be coming in as tight end five overall <laughs> i don't agree with it at all you can go check out why um well we'll be we'll be we'll be doing more i've got my projections started to go down to and uh he came in a lot lower than that so that's, <laughs> that's all we got to say there yeah, no, I, and it's funny too because I, I was actually I, knowing that you were gone, I was starting to, to to write up and kind of put my thoughts together, and I was going to look at the over uh, overhyped rookies, and he was top of the list. So uh, I'm glad you went to town on it again. Make sure you check it out uh, if you're if you're part of the Patreon patreon.com forward slash all gas uh, you can check out the newsletter under announcements we post it on twitter all the time as well uh, also destination debbie discord or destination debbie uh, account will post it on there but yeah no we will make sure we have a bunch of fun fun pieces over the summer and uh, this is our 10th episode of the overreaction podcast so you know speaking of 10 did you know that destination debbie has partnered with Underdog Fantasy for their upcoming season. And if you deposit $10 or more, 
you can actually get one year access to destination Debbie's discord check out all the cool tools all the fun stuff that people are dropping in there um, you do get a 100 deposit match up to 100 on your first deposit if you use code tfdr so make sure you do that and check it out again amazing tools amazing people in there uh constantly talking you know posting different articles different things like that to help you win these tournaments uh, and make sure you can dominate your your best ball drafts here with underdog so again code tfdr at sign up up to a hundred dollar match on your first deposit and if you do deposit that ten dollars are or more you will get one year access to the destination w discord so got to check it out got to be a part of that community hands down the best place to be in fantasy football Yep, and the only thing better than using that promo code was that segue. 10 out of 10 right there. That's just absolutely flawless right there. <laughs> you know, it's, it's always fun to mix it. So uh, let's get into what's going on today here. You know, we, we started off the Making Moves series uh, just before the NFL drafts. So we got the uh, couple drafts in or a couple team reviews in uh, doing a nuclear rebuild and then also looking at a contender, how to continuously, you know, uh, build that team up and what to do. Now we're going to look at probably the hardest thing to do in, you know, looking at our own rosters is identifying those mid teams, those middle of the road, middle of the pack teams, uh, and trying to figure out: Do you push in? Do you go to maybe a retool or a rebuild? You know, what do we really do in those situations? So we're going to look at one of my teams here that. Uh, his is a middle of the pack team. You look at some of the names and you're like, oh, that's kind of a good, you know, good roster. But uh, really, what do you want to do with that? So we'll kind of dive in there. Anything else you want to kind of touch on in that regard? Yeah, I think it's it's difficult once you have that middling team because you're like, if everything breaks right, it's a playoff team probably. And I think that even if this it's this team as we see it, it, this could easily be a playoff team. But everything has to break right. And it's a it's a dangerous game to play because if you say that and then you push in with a couple more pieces, you throw away your first too early, you throw away your second round pick too early. And now you're sitting there and two things go wrong. Now you're sitting there. You're not even a playoff team. Now you don't have your future capital and you're sitting there in a world of hurt. That's now put your retool maybe of like one year or two years into maybe a two or three year rebuild. And we don't want to go there. So um, it, it's definitely a useful process to go through and something that we should evaluate with all of our teams knowing where they are and then yeah if you haven't checked out the two episodes beforehand go back through the last couple of weeks of the overreaction pod and then check out that one for the contender series and then the one for the rebuild series this one will be our middling series yeah and so the the big thing here that that we want to talk about is identifying you know, which scenario you push in and which scenario you don't. So uh, just to give some context, we're going to go through the team, you know, team review as we always do and just kind of break down the league itself. So the league itself is going to be a start 10 lineup league and it is a 12 team league with the rosters. Just kind of looking at that. We have 13 bench four taxi. So we have a total of 27 roster spots. Um, it is a four uh, for quarterback scoring, it's a four-point passing touchdowns with a minus one incomplete or minus one uh, interception. It is half PPR with a 0.5 tight end premium, so it is a full PPR for tight ends, half PPR for all other receptions, and uh, who cares really? But there is a 40-yard bonus for a 1.40-yard bonus yep. if you happen to have a 40-yard run or catch. But in the grand scheme of things, 
that really doesn't matter. No, it doesn't really affect into the scoring or anything like that. If somebody's scoring more, or if somebody's going for more than 40 yards, they're probably hitting your starting roster anyway. And the one point and a start 10, it might make a difference one week for one team. And that's probably it that the bonuses are really going to do for you. So, yeah, I think, I think we're good with that. Pretty standard league here. Not too much crazy. The half PPR will lean a little bit more to running backs. We'll see that here through a new tool that uh, we just launched through the shit show discord as well and so we'll introduce that a little bit later as well so um we'll, we'll get into this thing do we want to break down uh by yeah. position here starting off with quarterback yeah so let's start off at quarterback just to look at the team so we can kind of get an idea of really where this team is at and at quarterback i feel pretty good um i have three quarterbacks i'm confident in i have josh allen at the top so woohoo uh, i got deshaun watson as my qb2 and then i have mac jones so i got Two top nine, like I you know enjoy having, especially in a start ten, and then Mac Jones as a serviceable QB two, which is my QB three on this roster. So, not a lot of depth though. There's nothing else on this roster. Those are just my main three, and I think the only three I really truly need at this point. Yeah, I, I like taking another shot at maybe just like some random backup as maybe a fourth quarterback in a roster size of this format, but. You don't have it here. I think we might go into that a little bit later as well because we do have some empty roster spots that we can fill potentially here over the next waiver run before this will actually air. So we're not going to divulge any uh, trade secrets that are going <laughs> to ruin going to ruin the league and possibly get you snipes. So uh, we'll go into that at the very end. But yeah, I mean, this you have two top nine quarterbacks. I don't, you know, on our rankings at least, Deshaun Watson is still planted in that range as it currently stands i don't know if you have any of the rookies up there yet i still don't i think he's going to be above all of them for me and so josh allen and deshaun watson to anchor down the quarterback room with mac jones is a very serviceable qb3 i think uh, the, this perfect this room is perfect in my eyes yeah i mean i know a lot of people are concerned about deshaun watson i am not one of them i think everything's going to to work itself out just fine um so i'm not too concerned with that cleveland offense and and deshaun watson what we saw out of him down the stretch last year it's not the same as like a wide receiver running back taking time off the quarterback position is different uh being able to get back into the rhythm of reading defenses a whole new offense um just just that whole that whole situation for deshaun watson was not ideal uh not sitting here saying he gets a pass necessarily for what we saw on the field but uh, we know what he can do and it seems like the team's confident they're they're adjusting things for him so i feel really good about still having him in the top nine so yeah so we'll move on to the running back position because it seems like quarterback's pretty solid running back not as deep um i do have saquon barkley devon a chain antonio gibson gus edwards eric gray and chris evans so again, it's just as a reminder, having only 23 actual roster spots, it doesn't feel great only having six options. And of those, what, maybe Saquon, you feel comfortable starting? Like, I, I think Gibson's going to be good this year, and I think A-Chain's going to have a role, but lots of question marks. Yeah, Saquon, you're going to be locking in as your RB1 each and every week as long as he's healthy all the way throughout the season as it currently stands. A-Chain and Gibson, though, do bring up a lot more questions. I'm comfortable flexing them, but as locking them in as like an RB2 each week in and week out, it's a little bit more questionable, I hope, and I believe that Devon A-Chain can get there. And then Antonio Gibson, I think, is a good flex, but there's still a lot of unknown at this point of the offseason. And so you would like to have this a little bit more secured if you were trying to make this a contending team. Right now, 
I mean, they're, they're good pieces to have, but it's just really not there to give the depth. And then, like you said, Gus Edwards, Eric Ray, Chris Evans, not much to excite you there. Even if they do get a, even if they do get a couple spot starts, maybe uh, due to some injury, you're not wanting to ever really put those guys into your lineup as it currently stands. So uh, you would like to get a little bit more depth here. Unfortunately, probably the only thing you're really going to be able to do is just kind of grind the waiver wire unless you want to use future capital. And so we'll, We'll, we'll look at some names here that we can probably add to the depth of the running back room, but right now it is a little bit lacking, but good to have a good to have a stud running back in Saquon at the top. Yeah, you know, it's nice to have the, the hero RB. Um, and as you mentioned, with, with A-Chain and Gibson, you know, this being a lineup league, the big thing here is, you know, it's it's nice to know when you're going to start a running back. When you're, you know, if, if Gus Edwards gets an opportunity to spot start, you know that's going to happen. You can put him in the lineup. Gibson and A-Chain are both going to be ones that you just don't know. Like, you're going to start them. You're going to start Gibson week in and week out because, you know, I feel like, if things do go well, he's going to get enough touches and enough opportunity, but who knows? He might only get eight carries and five targets, and he does absolutely nothing with him while B-Rob gets 25 carries on the ground, and that's just how that offense is going to work. Devon A-Chain, theoretically, he, you know, they obviously spent draft capital on him, but he is still, you know, there's still Mostert, there's still Jeff Wilson um, in, in that room that did really well. Uh, in that offense for for McDaniel, and I think A Chain is going to have a role, but we just don't know what that is yet. So, I again promising pieces, just kind of question marks in terms of starting them as my starting ten. So, um, anything else you want to touch on with running back here? Uh, the only thing that I did have a question about that I don't think we touched on pre-show was: is this a start two running back? Yes. In this so one? it okay. So it is. I believe it's going to be two, two, one. And then the rest are flex. So it's only start two wide receiver required as well. Okay. So the super flex and super flex and quarterback two running back two wide receiver, and then the tight end. Okay. And then filling yep. out the rest with the, with the 10. That works perfectly fine. Uh, I've I'm playing in a three RB league right now. That's converting to a <laughs> two RB league, thankfully next year. So that one's a, that one's a little bit of a brutal. struggle. It's, it's really brutal, especially with the running back landscape as it sits right now. So those things are king in that league that made one to make sure we didn't have anything crazy, or maybe it was one of those start one at each and then flex all the rest of them. So um, yeah, you're look, you're looking for something more here in the running back room, but this isn't where we typically like to build out all of our star studded talent. It is half PPR, so maybe you want to build the future up through this running back room a little bit more so than you know our normal standard PPR leagues. But as it stands right now, do need some depth, but the room isn't terrible. Yeah, it's not awful, and then we'll get into wide receiver here as well. And this again. It, Depth is going to be a noticeable thing here. So I'm going to have Michael Pittman, Amari Cooper, Zay Flowers. And then it goes to Michael Thomas, Michael Gallup, Isaiah Hodgins. I didn't realize I had Russell Gage still on this team and Richie James. Um, so just kind of depth filler pieces, waiver wire ads throughout the year. Uh, I, I do have a little more a little bit more hope for Isaiah Hodgins. However, if you're talking a start 10, he, if I have to start Isaiah Hodgins, Things are probably not going well for me, but Pittman, Flowers, Cooper, uh, again, good players, just nothing, no difference makers in this room. Yeah, either things aren't going very well for that wide receiver core if you're having to start Isaiah Hodgins, or things are just going really <laughs> well for Isaiah Hodgins. That, True. <laughs> that could also be the thing. I yeah. mean, he, he 
projects to be the kind of X receiver of that offense. So it could be, it could be another big year. He was good down the stretch. Um, but yeah, again, you're probably not wanting to have to rely on him to be in your flex week in and week out. I do like the core here though, with Pittman flowers and Cooper. I, I kind of think Michael Thomas is on the, I don't even know if he's on the back nine. He might be in the clubhouse already, but we'll we'll see how that one goes whenever the season gets here. I do like the, I like the three though. I probably with this roster might look to get a little bit younger with an Amari Cooper piece, but Pittman and Zay Flowers. I know you're a bigger Flowers guy than I am, but I still like the upside shot as well with the him and that new Monk and offense. Michael Pittman. Hopefully he doesn't just kind of flatten out into that flat wide receiver range. Hopefully we can see a step getting taken forward from him. I think it'll rely a lot on what Anthony Richardson is in this first year, though. So it may be a little bit of a concerning thing for Michael Pittman going forward if he can't really start to produce by the second year of Anthony Richardson. Uh, we'll, we'll see what happens there. I do like the talent, though. You've got some good pieces here, but again, lacks a little bit of the depth and just no real hammer in the in the wide receiver room yeah and i think again i know start 10 you don't have to have hammers but you want hammers you know throughout and i do have josh allen you know at quarterback and i have saquon but it would be nice to have some wide receiver you know help in this um you know it, it is half ppr as mentioned so it's not as crucial i do believe in Pittman. he was one that i really did like the, the big concern is going to be what does this shane steichen offense look like with Anthony Richardson at quarterback. Will they try to run the ball more with with A Rich and JT and and try to to mask some of the flaws early on in uh in A Rich's game where maybe Michael Pittman isn't getting the same targets that you're we're used to seeing. So I think that that offense is going to be one to really watch. I do think Michael Pittman's good enough to to command his 25% target share that he has had in the past. Um and I think that can continue for him, but if you're, you know, we talk about it with with Drake London in in Atlanta if Drake London's getting 30% target share, but they're only throwing the ball 20 to 25 times a game, what does that even matter? Like most likely they're, they're going to be inefficient targets and you know, he's just not going to be getting enough to truly make a difference. So that is definitely something to watch with Pittman um, because he is in that flat tier and he's, I'd say he's, I don't say he's at the top of it. I think he's like in the middle of that flat tier right now, but he has a chance to elevate himself. Um, if that offense allows him to, <laughs> I think the talent is there. That won't be the issue. Yeah, talent's definitely there. I, I don't think that's really ever been the issue with him. He, he does kind of compare a lot to what I kind of believe that the Drake London like path might be going forward. Here, it's just every year you kind of you hope that the wide you hope that the quarterback play just gets better. Matt Ryan's going to come in and save him, and then Matt Ryan falls off the face of the earth and goes to the booth this oh. year. Um, Anthony Richardson, you hope is going to come in and save him this year, but we've seen the inconsistencies in Anthony Richardson's passing game. And he, we know that he does have the rushing upside as well. So it could look, it could look a lot like an Atlanta offense, but I, I have hope. I have hope in Anthony Richardson that he can actually come, <laughs> come through and give at least a somewhat of a semblance of reasonable output in this passing game. And I think Michael Pittman can benefit from that. Uh, other other than Pittman, though, do you want to move on to any of these other wide receivers here? You know, we, I mean, we get into a lot of flat range guys or kind of like end of the roster guys and like a Michael Gallup, Russell Gage, Hodgins, depending on what your outlook of him is and Richie James. Um, I think this is where really just you need another guy or two and maybe need to get a couple of these pieces like the Amari Cooper and Michael Thomas re-rolled into a little bit more youth possibly. 
Yeah, I mean, and I'll just touch. We'll go right into tight end here because yeah, there's really nothing I really want to touch on. I mean, I Gallup is what he is. MT, who knows what his health is going to be? How much he's going to be on the field? He was really, you know, he had a high points per game in the two or three games he played last year. Um, but but again, it's just what is Michael Thomas going to be at this point in his career? So Hodgins, I do have some, some hope for as far as being a productive wide receiver, but another situation where targets are going to be inconsistent. Um, but he is the only, I guess, player of that specific skill set where he can play outside bigger body there in New York. Uh, so I do have some hope for him and maybe that's a, a flippable asset in season. But right now, you know, if I wanted to go trade Isaiah Hodgins, I, you know, you're not getting a whole lot for him. So no. let's just go to tight end here to wrap up the pos- positional players. And we can kind of start identifying what to do with this team. Uh, we have Kyle Pitts, Cole Komet, Noah Fant, and then Harrison Bryant still. I think that yeah, he needs to go. But still, he's on the team right now. <laughs> so we got Harrison Bryant. And then just to look at picks real fast, I have basically uh, first, second, third, and fourth in the next two years, actually first, second, third in 2024, first, second, third, and fourth in 2025. So I have essentially my capital, but I don't have anyone else's. I'm just missing a fourth. So there's room to work with the capital, but overall, you know, Kyle Pitts, I just talked about Drake London. Kyle Pitts has the same sentiment. You know, yes, it's a a slight tight end premium, but again, if it's a full PPR total, does it really matter? No, the answer is no. No, it doesn't. Exactly. <laughs> Scott talks about it all the time, just kind of dogging on tight ends and, and you know, not dogging on them, but just kind of the reality check of really what matters with with tight ends. And we can kind of get into some of the warp, um, especially, you know, we pulled, uh, you know, from Koopa Troopa's warp chart. We, we did pull the past few years looking at really the warp differences and tied in in this league, even Travis Kelsey, you know, last year he 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 was up there, but after that there was no one else. Like it just it just did not matter at all for tight end. I think all of their warp was in like the one range, and then it just dropped immediately to less than 0.5. Yeah, and if you if you haven't heard all of the warp that's been coming out, all of the warp information that's been coming out on this feed we're not going to get into the details of how it exactly <laughs> works here go back listen to listen to some of the episodes i know scott and cooper are going to do one over on scott's channel as well uh here talking and explaining all of the features about warp and kind of having an ama with it as well so we're not going to get into the details of exactly what the warp means if you don't know that here go back listen to the last episodes i'm sure there's plenty of content out there already and will be more in the future america's but. game did touch on that like scott and uh, scott and um and eric did jump into that i know scott has talked about it on destination dynasty a few times as well um over the past few weeks so just scroll through the the destination devi radio feed here you'll be able to find anything that says warp w-o-r-p you will get some good information from and it should give you some more uh some more breakdown exactly what it is we just don't have time to do that today necessarily so yeah. uh yes but yeah travis <laughs> kelsey up here right along with the number one overall running back and wide receiver in Austin Eckler and Justin Jefferson, 2.74 warp for Travis Kelsey, and then a 2.59 for Austin Eckler, 2.64 for Justin Jefferson. Go down to tight end two, though, and you're all the way down to a 1.25 warp, and it just gets worse and worse from there. I mean, the, I mean, if you're looking at even just like tight end 10, a 0.32 warp 
in Dalton Schultz. And you look at the same position value in the running back, Miles Sanders running back 10, 1.26 warps, almost a full point of warp over the tight ends. It does not matter that it's a tight end premium league. Whenever This is why we use the tools to look at this, look at it position versus position and see how much these these players are actually contributing to wins to your team. And it's just not there with tight end. It's really not. There's a couple of them that matter. And even really then it's only Travis Kelsey that truly matters. And so I think this is kind of where you start to look at this team. Uh, we, we can go into a little bit more here first, though, of is this team as we're looking at back at it now, is this team one that we think we can actually take and push in? Or do we think this team needs to go into that true rebuild or retool? So just going to look at to touch on the starting lineup, essentially Josh Allen, Deshaun Watson, Saquon Barkley, Devon A. Chain, Antonio Gibson, Michael Pittman, Zay Flowers, Amari Cooper, Michael Thomas and Kyle Pitts. And that's essentially my starting lineup. There's really and, and the sad thing is, is there's really not much else that I would even want to put in my lineup like that is pretty much it. Cole Komet would be a bench and, and Noah Fant would be bench tight ends. Gallup would be a bench, you know, uh, and, and Hodgins would be bench wide receivers. Edwards like there's just no depth so like could I go out and buy you know some depth or maybe a stud that would fill in the lineup to add to my to the team with the the first and second that I have in 24 and the first and second that I have in 25 sure like I could do that I could risk it all and go buy you know maybe I can get Derek Henry maybe I can go get some Devonte Adams like buy some of those aging guys that wouldn't be as expensive the problem is if you do that and it doesn't work out, I'm out my picks for the next couple of years. And then I have an aging roster that, you know, Devonte Adams, Michael Thomas, you know, Amari Cooper's up there. Saquon's up there for a running back. Like you're going to have all these aging pieces that aren't going to have the same value. If I tried to then shift into a retool. So, I mean, I could go all in if I really wanted to. I mean, do you think that that's advisable at this point? I don't. Not with this team where it's currently sitting okay. right now. Um, I I never really like to go into the rebuild. It, I can I like to push in for as long as possible, whatever I can with these teams, and keep trying to just sneak my way into the playoffs and then let the variance happen as it will whenever I do get into the playoffs. But the only way that I really see this team getting there is if you do mortgage pretty much all of your future capital to do so, and then you're just banking on the variance and the negative variance not hitting you. Because if it does, you've just you've mortgaged all of your future on this. And then, like you said, you're probably buying players that are older, that are going to be only decreasing in value. You've got a couple of the, those pieces on your roster already. And if it doesn't work this year and you've burned all of your capital, there's no way you're going to recuperate what you just put into this. And you're already I mean, even if you do that, I think you're then just a playoff team and not even a chop like three contender or anything like that. So, no, this isn't one where I'm looking to say, hey, let's just blow the the first and seconds of the next two years to really push in <laughs> by the players right now, especially not at this point of the offseason. The only way that I could really see myself doing that is saying, hey, let's just see if this roster can make it the first couple of weeks. We'll just try to ride it as is. And then if we start winning and we're starting to go like that 4-0, 5-1 as we start off the season, then try to push in. But even then, I don't know if it's advisable because you're just – you're, you're banking on so many so many assets that could go either way throughout the rest of the offseason and at the beginning of the year. I, I think I'd probably try to move into the retool now if this was my team. 
Yeah, and that's that's exactly what I looked at when we started talking about this team. And um, I, as as Cody and I have talked about this over and over again, I, so my main philosophy, depending on how you can earn the 101, but most likely I am going to be in the top four or I'm going to be in the bottom four. So finding a middling team here was was actually kind of challenging for both of us. So this was kind of the more mid team. This team did miss out on the playoffs last year, but um, it's one of the more middling teams that you know I have. And so I do feel like, you know, I could I could try it, but I would much rather just take the value that I I see on this roster now and try and make some moves. So let's focus on the retool then. We picked a direction. We know what we're going to do. Now it's just I've been identifying trades. And I'm just going to touch QB for five seconds. Josh Allen, Deshaun Watson, Mac Jones. Any reason you want to do anything with that room? Other than adding a random backup um, just to fill out a fourth guy here. And we've got a couple of empty roster spots that you can fill in somebody, but those are just going to be waiver wire guys pick whichever one suits your flavor. And uh, other than that, you're in the top nine quarterbacks. If you really, uh, yeah, it'd be very hard for me. The only thing that I could see is even advisable would be to down tier Josh Allen within the same range. If you can down tier him to like a burrow or something and pick up significant capital, I just sure. don't think you're getting that done right now. Uh, but if you can get first plus type of capital to move within that top six quarterback range, that'd be the only move that I might try to make with this quarterback room. And I don't even know if I'd really advise that. Yeah, the the big thing here that I, you know I look at and you're know, talking about the 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 warp is the the biggest difference makers in this league are the top four quarterbacks. And so if I was to do it, I'd want to stay in that same range. And I don't know that's something I can do at this point um, because it does drop off from QB four to QB five, you know, at least a little dip. It's still valuable. So I I wouldn't, I would not mind a down tier because it's not like it's a massive point per game difference, but, but there is, I believe in points per game. I think the top four were all uh, within a point or point and a half of each other. And like that 24 to 25 points per game range. And then it did drop down to close to closer to 20 to 21. So there's like, you know, three point per game difference between that gap there. But um, I don't mind it. I think right now, like I would look at uh, definitely would explore that move. But I think I want to wait on that one and see what other moves I can make first. And, and, you know, if I have to do it, I would. But yeah, I'm with you. I think that would be it's always something to explore when you have the top tier guys. Ideally, I don't I don't move them. But if I absolutely have to and I can't make any other moves and that's where I'm going to, you know, accumulate more value, that's where I got to go. Yeah, and it'd be only for like first plus value, like I said, to stay within that top five or six. I know I know in last year in last year's warp and last year's points per game in this specific league, you had that top four. There's going to be a little bit of variance that's going to change with that every year. So in my mind, I still want to stay in like that top six range probably not yeah. even that top eight or nine that we talk about would we'll stay a little bit higher than that with an asset like Josh Allen, because I have him and Mahomes still pretty much neck and neck um, with year over year variance between the two. But yeah, it, it'd be one of my later moves to try to move Josh Allen in that type of move and still not even if it wasn't for significant capital in return. No, I did have one before I do. I said five seconds on the quarterback room and here we are. Um, <laughs> I, did, I did get someone uh, reaching out in DMs and I, I don't know how serious it was. It wasn't a formal offer, but um, I would have to move Mac Jones and I would get JSN. And it, 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 it was just a conversation that just happened. And so it was one of those things. I'm like, OK. I it, he's one of those people I don't want to be too eager with, because if I am 
he's not going to send the formal offer, but would you trade away Mac Jones knowing that we're going in a retool? So I'm giving up a QB three, which normally I don't like to do in a lineup, but giving up my QB three, I have no one else, but I do, you know, acquire a JSN to give myself some, some wide receiver youth and depth. This is a philosophical thing with lineup leagues. And I guess it's with best ball leagues as well. Line up a little bit more though, because you really, you're only able to ever start the two quarterbacks in our normal super flex leagues. We're not, I don't know if you play in any triflex. I don't. So you're only really able to start the two. And what does a team that you're going to be taking into a retool? What does the third quarterback really do for this team? Because really, if you are taking it into the retool, not trying to compete this year, I don't really care if I don't have a third starting quarterback in my lineup. Now, you do have to pay at some point. I I still like to have the third QB, but I don't really care about not having the third QB when I'm not competing. And so there is, I I think I would significantly consider that because I'd have JSN and just like pure pick value pretty significantly over Mac Jones at this point. I know that that's kind of like the range where you see the quarterbacks typically go, at least within the rookie drafts. I know you've already done your 23 rookie draft in this specific league, but that was around probably the, I don't even think you're getting a first shot of Mac Jones at this point anymore. And we did have that one discussion of what is he's in that weird mid tier of you're not going to be able to get the pick value. That's really associated with what a quarterback is. I think JSN might be one of the best things that you can do with this team. Um, if you want to move off of that QB three, I would significantly consider it. And I think I'd actually probably do that deal. If I could get, I, I'd look for something back on top, but even if it was just straight up, I think I'd actually probably highly consider that. Yeah. I think in terms of value, I mean, JSN is definitely valued higher than, than Mac Jones right now. And so we, you know, in, in that context, yes, there's quarterback scarcity, things like that. Uh, JSN technically could be wide receiver three on his own team this year. You know, uh, opportunity for that to to change is is there. But yeah, I mean, I do think that adding a, a player like JSN would add would be what I'm looking for in terms of a retool. Um, it's just thinking back to or thinking forward ahead of when I am looking to to compete again. Um, you know, what's the cost of acquisition to get myself a QB three? in the future i guess there's always there's always gonna be the Tannehills out there there's always gonna be those those uh aging quarterbacks that are probably worth a second maybe the 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 spot start baker mayfields i could i could find some of those to fill fill in that qb3 role if i need to when that time comes so yeah you know i don't i don't mind that at all i'm gonna i'm gonna slow play it see how see how he reacts because i don't want to scare him away by being too eager but you know we'll see yeah, if that if that one does hit my inbox, even if it's straight up, like I said, asking for more, but I'd be I'd probably be comfortable at the end of the day if it's sat there in my inbox straight up. I'd have a hard time. Mac, Mac Jones, just like you said, nowhere near the value of what JSN is currently. I would be surprised by the start of the season if JSN doesn't get to wide receiver 10 on KTC value. So uh, I, I think I'd just lean into that value, man. All right. Well, I'm going to, I'll have that conversation, see what we can do there. So uh, that's the one quarterback one that I wanted to touch on. So now looking at running backs here, um, typically how we build is we build through the quarterback and wide receiver rooms, and then we'll find the running back value and tight end value when we're ready to actually make the move and compete. So in my running back room, I do have uh, some youth with Devon A-Chain. I have, you know, kind of youth, you know, I guess low mileage Antonio Gibson. 
but he is injury prone or, you know, I said prone is not the right word does have injuries uh, year in and year out. And then Saquon Barkley. I think those are the only three assets that are, are worth even mentioning when it comes to this uh, terms of trading. Do you just wait for the opportunity to maximize value on a Devon a chain and, and Antonio Gibson? If, if Gibson has a, uh, you know, a pop game with this B enemy offense, do you just sell Saquon right away? What are your initial thoughts on, on what to do with this running back room? I'm I'm comfortable still holding a chain and Gibson probably all the way, at least through the seat through the start of the season. Um, once, once I do get there, if I do see a significant pop, if they ever get up into that, like if a chain were to ever somehow get up into that, like top six running back rank range, I think we we've kind of seen the running back position play out as it has. And whenever anybody gets up to that super significant draft capital value, you want to try to make the move to flip them because they typically don't stay there long. There's a lot of turnover. There's injury risk with the running back position as well. And so if they ever, if they were to ever get to that point, I do it. I don't know if that's going to be the cards for them though. So I'm probably going to be holding those two pieces. The one that I would try to make a move on at this point, if I was trying to take it into that full retools, I think we're going to be leaning here would be to probably try to sell Saquon for significant capital before the NFL season starts. And probably as soon as possible, because every day that you hold him is a day that he can (laughs) get injured. And you'd rather turn that into some liquid assets going forward here in the future. So I'd be trying to look at some teams that might be, thinking they're contenders that might be some faux contenders and saying, Hey, you're just a Saquon piece away. Let me go. Let me get that first. And then another wide receiver piece, or let me get the first and another back to your running back that I can potentially flip later and just get the, try to get the leverage trade if I can with the first on top and then bet on that first, probably not being at least playoff. And then trying to push that into 2024 with the top loaded class that we currently project the 2024 class to be. Yeah, I think that that would be that's kind of the aim of what I'm going to look for for Saquon. Um, I, I'm with you when it comes to, to a chain and Gibson. I, I'm super optimistic on Antonio Gibson. I know you're doing you're in the midst of doing your uh, your projections for 2023. And so I know you haven't quite gotten to the Washington Washington commanders and what that offense is going to look like under Eric the enemy. But uh, I have. I'm cautiously optimistic based on what's happened with Antonio Gibson's career trajectory, but I do think that he could have a a big time role uh, in Washington this year and super, super excited. So I will be waiting for him to, to do something either in, in, uh, in training camp, hear some more rumors come out, maybe even have to just wait mid season to, for him to actually showcase what he's, what he's going to look like in this offense and then try to flip him because his value is so depressed at this point. Uh, Devon, a chain may just hold, you got two aging running backs or not aging, but Jeff Wilson's, you know, at 26, I guess at this point, most are 30, 31, whether he takes over sooner rather than later, maybe he's somebody that actually fits the build in the future. Um, but if I can get a profit, I think I got him in the second round this year. I think I got him at the 202 or 203. So he would be one that if I can get a profit on him, I would probably just look to re-roll uh, into 2024 um, or maybe push it into to wide receiver value. So yeah, 24 first and what for Saquon though? Um, I'd be looking at 24 first. Let's go pull up the running back rankings on KTC. I think you're, maybe you're looking at somebody like, can I get a 
Rashad Penny? Is that like a reasonable value for a first and second for Saquon right now at this point of the offseason? Okay. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah, I think that would be fair. I looking at now that since we have drafted 23 already, Kendra Miller and a 24 first. Too much to ask for? Probably not getting it done with him being a upper second or back end first as it currently sat throughout the throughout the draft process. And even though we really don't value those picks as a first round pick or a high second because that we saw the tier kind of fall off there, there's probably a little bit of like recency bias about where I put that pick in and a little bit of sunk cost fallacy if I was to try to move that pick. Just thinking from the general dynasty landscape mind, I think you're probably not getting that done right now, but one I would definitely try to pursue. Yeah, I, I, it feels a little rich. I think I, I also because we're a little bit higher on on uh, Kendra Miller than that's true than most, and so. I, I, but I'm with you. You know, Kendra Miller has already had some excitement. You know, with with some of the things that are coming out in Saints camp. I don't know if that one's going to be necessarily possible. But hey, if I can push uh, push them win now, and that that's what does it. Maybe it's a late first versus you know a projected mid. Um, might change it. So I'm going to explore some things like that with Saquon and see what what options are really out there for me to uh, to get a two-for-one leverage deal here. Yeah, I'm just looking at the KTC values, and uh, Dalvin Cook and Alvin Kamara are 34 and, 33 and 35 in KTC value, along, along the likes of Roshan Johnson, Brian Robinson, Antonio Gibson. Those players are worth a second-round pick. I don't even care with where your team is at. Those guys are going to probably produce at some point this this coming season. And you can probably flip them again for a first whenever they start <laughs> doing that. So can I take my Saquon and get a first and then Dalvin Cook? Like that sounds ridiculous. And I don't know if that's just like the playing dynasty for the last couple of years and knowing where Dalvin Cook has been ranked before this year is there's the rumor. Like, I guess it's not rumors at this point. It does sound like he's going to for sure be cut, but he's going to find a home somewhere and he's going to get touches wherever he does go. Um, I don't even care because it doesn't fit your exact build right now. I would take a, I would take a first and Dalvin Cook, Alvin Kamara, Joe Mixon, any of those guys. And I try to flip on the future value with them. KTC sometimes. Yeah. I mean, it obviously if, if that could happen, I would explore that. I think it goes back to some of the conversations we have just about the, what is the value of points, right? Like, and I feel like that those, whoever has those players, as I kind of look at some of these teams here, uh, yeah, this, he needs quarterback, but that's pretty much it. But he has Nick Chubb, Dalvin cook, James Connor, Cooper cup, Devonte Adams, Chris Godwin, like, win now team mark andrews like win now team that if i i mean maybe maybe i could sell him on the fact that he's getting an upgrade in in uh in saquon and there's concerns but he also has alexander madison so he has the the cook madison combo <laughs> it's like man that 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 would be perfect right so you know depending on the owner and if maybe camara would be the one right because he's going to be suspended uh we just don't know the length and maybe i can capitalize on some of that concern and that would be be a a move to make yeah uh, i think you could par- i think you could probably do that and this this is the thing where you know we're looking at your specific league and your specific trade market within this league of 11 other yep. players sometimes sometimes the stars just don't align and the players just aren't there they're on specific teams with certain builds that you can't do these type of moves but these are you know the ways that we want to look and start to explore and see if these are potential outcomes that you can do in your league because sometimes there are those Joe Mixon's hanging around on no longer contending <laughs> teams. There's 
Derrick Henry is sitting on a bottom three team for some reason who doesn't have any quarterbacks, and you're like, well, let me go get that piece from you real quick because there's no way that it's helping your team this year. So let it help mine. Um, yeah, and honestly, I think I think this could be one that you're looking at right now. I'm looking at uh, Dinox's team, and he's got that Alvin Kamara. He's got you know Trevor Lawrence, Dak Prescott, ETN, Kenneth Walker, J.K. Dobbins, Lamb, Waddle, Devonta Smith. Like this is a very good team. Now the issue is I probably don't want his first, right? <laughs> That's that is a little bit of the issue that you might not want his first round pick. But if you could flip that uh, Saquon Barkley into another running back for him and Alvin Kamara another piece, I think it could be something you could look to do. You just listed off his team. I mean, he also he has a, a stacked team right now. He's uh, going to be a, the favorite heading. Oh into my the god! Year. He's got three twenty four first. Yes, he has three twenty four first, and and one of those is is definitely non playoff. So, um, yeah. So speaking of him, and, and I'm going to skip wide receiver and just kind of go into the tight end because uh, he actually reached out today. Um, saying that he's looking to upgrade tight end and and I have one Kyle Pitts so you know looking at and again the the pick that he has is this this team is for sure for sure a bottom four team in the league it is going to be a top four pick in 2024 and obviously him looking at at Kyle Pitts making that move he has Dalton Schultz like Dalton Schultz and a top four pick next year feels kind of gross but like maybe I'm able to get something else. He has J.K. Dobbins. He has, you know, I mean, he just drafted um, Josh Downs, Quentin Johnston. None of those are going to crack his starting lineup. So it's like, all right, what can I get on top of a top four pick for Kyle Pitts? Like, I think you can get the Dalton Schultz done if you want to do it, but it's the issue with it's the issue with Kyle Pitts right now, man. Uh, the person that holds Kyle Pitts wants last year's value on Kyle Pitts, and nobody wants to buy at last year's value of Kyle Pitts. Uh, it, top top four is definitely something like you you can't sneeze at that though. If you're getting a if you're getting one of the quarterbacks, you know if if you did the other move, then you're getting. You know, if you sent that Mac Jones for JSN, then you potentially get a quarterback reroll next year with that pick. I mean, you definitely win that trade if you get the quarterback, honestly. Um, if you get what we project to be Caleb, Caleb Williams and Drake May as the top two coming out next year, you're also looking at Marv, you're looking at Brock Bowers if you wanted to reroll Kyle Pitts into a Brock Bowers pick. I never like to bet on the certainty of the picks happening, but we did look at that roster beforehand. We won't really go yeah. through all of it, but it does look like it's at least going to be top four top five without any draft capital to really back it up and support it unless they're throwing in all their 2025 draft capital and that would not be advisable yeah yeah never want to say never variance can happen but it looks like it's definitely going to be there if you had to take that man honestly it, it sounds gross for what the past value has been on kyle pitts but he is coming off of knee injury of his own i know it's not all that serious but We've talked about this Atlanta offense a couple of times this episode so far, and I don't know what the actual top end outcome is really going to be unless you're one of the people that believes in uh, Desmond Ritter or Taylor Heineke really saving this offense and changing it around. I don't know if I do, and so it, it might just be time. I don't have any Kyle Pitts shares, but if I did, I might be looking to bail, and that's not too bad of a return from where we're currently sitting right now. I got a lot of Kyle Pitts, to be honest with you. And it's been devastating because <laughs> on those teams, it's like, all right, can I just have my tight end produce for me a little bit here? And then, and then no one wants to trade for him. And and I get why, I, you know, we all talk about it, you know, that tight end takes time to develop. 
we have seen cases like even Kyle Pitts, his rookie year, he flashed and we saw what could be, and we're just anticipating a progression through that. And it just hasn't happened. I do think it will happen, but the offense, the, the quarterback, like there's a lot that goes into Kyle Pitts's production that we just can't truly predict. And so, yeah, I mean, if I can get a top four pick, um, cause again, I do have Cole Komet and I have Noah Fant again, doesn't feel great moving from Pitts to those guys, but in the end production wise, at least over the past couple of years, it's probably not a whole lot different in this type of format. And I can always find a tight end if I really needed to, or if I got Dalton Schultz back, like I just Dalton Schultz just doesn't hold any value right now. And that's, yeah. that's the issue with it as well. And that's, that's why you can do the deal. And I think it would get done. But Dalton Schultz right now, uh, I forget how exactly low he is on KTC value, but he, I mean, he is tanked because he's going to that Houston Texans offense right now. Uh, people are taking Stroud because of it. Anything that's touching that Houston team right now is getting tanked in value because they're there. And so Ugh, I, I think like you, I Wandale think, is, is, is higher than him. <laughs> like he's, oof. yeah, he's, he's, he is a little bit above Isaiah likely, it looks like, but I mean, Again, it's the tight end position. So, like, really, what does that mean? <laughs> right. So. And I think I think if you can lock that pick into a top four, though, it'd be nice if you could do top three, probably. That way you're getting one of the quarterbacks or Marv. Yeah. But I think you got to look back at the format, man. Like, even if Kyle Pitts hits, the level that he has to hit at to really matter in this type of a format is just so significant. Like, he has to be in between – Mark Andrews or TJ Hawkinson from last year and, and Travis Kelsey of last year to really be a warp difference maker in this league. Because if we look back at that sheet, I mean, Mark Andrews only at a 1.25 warp, only contributing to that 1.25 wins over replacement to your team compared to the Travis Kelsey's 2.74. It's going to take a lot for Kyle Pitts to get up to that point. The, the differences of the offense, everything would have to be, ran through Kyle Pitts. We've got another offensive weapon that was just added to Atlanta. We've got Drake London on the outside in the passing game as well. I know this is going to probably be a pretty centralized offense, but unless they just get so much more efficient that they have been in the past couple of years, I don't know if the outcome is there for Kyle Pitts anymore. And especially in a format that really doesn't reward him if he does hit. I think I'm, I'm, I'm trying to move Kyle Pitts somehow in this format, in this league, if you can get requisite draft capital and value back and i want more than that man but it might have to be i'm I'm definitely looking around the league seeing what i can do shopping him around but that it's not a bad outcome any other names here with that top four first that would kind of make sense because i don't think like quentin johnston i don't think i'm getting done i don't think i'm getting qj and and a top four pick but no, no, that'd be another name though that you could possibly throw around in there. Um, the top four pick, I mean, maybe you're getting a back end first as well. Um, if you know, maybe his first and then betting on the stars not aligning, it's on a very, very good team. Um, so may, maybe that and then yeah. get back like a you know, maybe like a Jawan Johnson, but then you're going over to first value for Kyle Pitts right now. I know you did say this league values the tight end premium pretty significantly and maybe a little yeah. bit overvalues the tight end premium. So Kyle Pitts might hold a little bit more value. You just have to see if this guy would actually be willing to invest that kind of significant capital into the bet on Kyle Pitts actually turning into that war producer next year. 
and as we kind of wrap out, because you know, looking at that the wide receiver position as well, or wrap up the the this kind of trade talk here. Uh, Pittman, I'm probably going to hold on to unless I can get some some significant values. A flower, same thing. Still young. Want to see what he is. Uh, but uh, Michael Thomas, I'm going to put him on the auto accept trade block. See if I can get anything for him, or maybe toss him into a trade. This same guy that we were just talking about um, with this Pitts opportunity that has a top four pick has also shown interest in Amari Cooper. So I might be able to do a package deal that gets me a couple pieces, two or three pieces that I'm actually interested in over doing like a Dalton Schultz and the first. Maybe I'm able to get that first and maybe a wide receiver or, or something along those lines of you know that might be more of interest but again doing a two for two isn't necessarily what i need for this team i need to add depth more than do that two for two swap but i think what you could possibly do with that i don't know what the full-on difference in you know the perceived value is between quentin johnston and amari cooper but if i was to throw in amari cooper i would say that he's pretty pretty well going to outproduce Quentin Johnston in year one with the offense that he's in behind Mike Williams, behind Keenan Allen, Keenan Allen outside of injury. So maybe I can throw in Amari Cooper, try to just, it's not providing you depth at the moment, but you are turning that Amari Cooper, the aging vet piece into a younger piece who has the upside, who has the offense that's attached to the arm of Justin Herbert and Quentin Johnston. And so that might be one that you could explore if you were trying to get a little bit bigger of a package for maybe combining the pits and Amari Cooper and then getting two younger pieces or not two younger pieces, but a younger piece in your wide receiver room with Quentin Johnston and then getting back at Dalton Schultz in that first that you were looking for possibly. Yep. That's uh legitimately what I just sent off. I was like, you know what? Forget it. See if, uh, see if he'll take it. Um, oh man, it just, it feels, feels weird, but you know, it is what it is. It's the Kyle Pitts value right now, man. And it, it hurts. It hurts to do because it does feel like you're just as soon as you do it, you just know he's going to blow up. But <laughs> I think that's the thing, though, is like he is at a teeter point, right? Like he is. This is what going on year four for him, I believe. Uh, so like Kyle Pitts is is truly or he's going on year three. Year three. So it's like we 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 need to see something from him still like that. The step back was a massive step back last year, obviously injury involved. But if he doesn't do anything again, uh, people are going to be terrified of Kyle Pitts. The potential is still going to be there. And and, and at some point, he's 22, so young. But you're just going to be like, well, when? Like, when is this unrealized potential going to actually come to fruition? Yeah, and I know the the level of prospect isn't the same, but he becomes the TJ Hawkinson before he moved to Minnesota last year and really revitalized the value of it, the value that people are holding in TJ Hawkinson because we got to that same point where it's just like, okay, he's a really good prospect, but it just never comes to fruition. We see that so many times with tight ends. It'd be a little bit of a shock if it happened with as good of a prospect as much as we believed in the outcome of a Kyle Pitts level prospect. But we've seen it. I mean, uh, I talked about it in the in the uh, Dalton Kincaid piece that I wrote up that these tight ends just sometimes it's really hard to hit on tight end, man. It's it's the position that we are worst at evaluating as they come out of college and as they're going to produce. And when they start hitting, a lot of it is just dependent upon how the offense uses them outside. You know, even Travis Kelsey, to a large degree, he's the focal point of that offense. And that's why he's one of the highest work producers in the league. 
the tight end position is just so determined upon a lot of other factors that sometimes the skill the skill just doesn't actually take over and turn it into meaningful fantasy production and especially like we've said in a league like this where the tight end production has to be very very significant to really contribute wins over replacement to your team and it, it does kind of suck with Kyle Pitts that we're at we're at this point because of the hype that the hype that came in with him but like you said the good thing is you've got other shares and I know you've got a couple still floating around out there. So if he does hit, you know, it's not the end of the world. You're not losing all of the value. You're not going down to zero if it does hit and just losing out on all of the potential. So maybe getting off one or two of those shares isn't the worst thing. And this might be one of the leagues where you can actually do that pretty well. Yeah, and I think that's exactly what I'm looking at is the fact that this league's premium doesn't matter as much as the other leagues that I do have Kyle Pitts in. So if I am going to to lose some value or sell, you know, uh, 80%, whatever you want to consider it, um, on the dollar, this would be the league I'm willing to do it just because the premium doesn't matter as much and um, or at all. <laughs> and so uh, I'd be looking to, to see what I can get there. But yeah, um, that pretty much wraps it up. So, you know, we talked about Mac Jones, Saquon Barkley, kind of different moves to make. Some of these guys, I am going to have to wait till end season. I think Michael Thomas, if I can get something worth anything at this point, I will. Uh, but hey, if he if he plays to start the season and I can sell him after a game, you know, he he popped off early last season. And if you didn't sell, you, you, you swung and missed. This is the, the chance. Like if, if there's any positive news about Michael Thomas, it might just it is the time and not might. It is the time to just move on from Michael Thomas. He's uh, he's up there in age and. He's one play away from missing the whole season again. So, yeah, I forget what the exact stat is, but I think he uh, hasn't scored a touchdown since 2019 December. That sounds about right. Yes, I think that's yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> crazy so than Michael crazy. Thomas from wide receiver one in dynasty overall at one uh, point to not having scored a touchdown in the last basically three years. Wild, wild game that we play in in the fantasy landscape. Geez. But yeah, looking at this team one more time though. Uh, just kind of an overview concept of it. The good thing about this team is you're not in that nuclear rebuild because you do have the quarterbacks no. here to to lift your team through it. You've got pieces that do hold value. It's just not there, and you don't want to take this team and try to push in, fail, and have it backfire in your face. And now you're in that four-year, that true nuclear rebuild. I don't like to go there if I don't have to, and I don't think you have to go there with this team think it is a retool that you can probably compete with pretty quickly now there is a stacked roster in front of you in this yep. specific league so yep. you're, it might take a little bit longer to really get up to to really get up to that level with that team but i think you can easily turn this into a playoff team within a year or two yeah i think that that would be you know uh, the main the main thought is I'm looking, I'm looking to take this year off. If I'm able to get another couple 24 or like another for 24 first with this team, maybe I have two non-playoff firsts that I'm able to, uh, to add some value, you know, get another running back, get, uh, get, get what I need in order to, you know, get Marv to, uh, to compete going forward. So it's definitely not a lost cause, but it's definitely a team that I'm, I'm glad I'm picking the direction that I am. And then uh, hopefully I can, you know, this is a pretty active league, so I should be able to get some deals done here this summer um, and going into the season. So, yeah. Uh, any last things you want to touch on here to uh, to wrap this thing up? No, just doing to give a shout out to the South Harmon guys and bringing on Koopa Troopa, Koopa Troopa 8 on twitter if you want to go check that out they did just launch their website so big props to them we used the tool a little bit throughout this episode as well 
believe it's $6.99 a month to get you yourself access to that. You can check the warp of every single one of your leagues. Calculator was working perfectly fine for us, and I know this just launched a couple of days ago. So big shout out to them and big congrats on launching the website and everything like that. If you want to go check it out, it is at southharmonff.com backslash warp forward slash warp not a backslash difference between the two Cody. <laughs> but if you want to go check that out really cool tool uh i know warp's going to become a big thing you've probably been hearing it a lot on this podcast so it'll get plugged a couple of times so definitely go over there and check it out if you have any interest in that yep absolutely make sure you check out all of the fantastic content creators on the destination debbie radio feed um you know we bring content to you every day of the week pretty much i believe if i'm not mistaken now every single day of the week so you're you're going to be constantly hearing from from jordan backus and his episode uh, yesterday on tuesdays you'll get us on wednesdays obviously scott on monday um you'll get uh off the line on thursdays 4d on fridays and then you'll get scott and eric on america's game on saturday so uh constant content every day of the week and we'll be bringing that to you all summer as well. So there's going to be lots of a uh, lots of really cool stuff happening over at Destination Devi. So make sure you are part of the Discord. Heisman is hands down the best place to be in the fantasy community. You get access to all the content creators all the time, constantly talking about new things. So again, patreon.com forward slash all gas. Heisman tier is where it's at. Voice chat you're going to hear from everybody. You're going to get to, to have uh, some conversations with Ray and Scott get to participate with, with, uh, with anything that's going on in there. Just a fun, fun, fun place to be. And some incredible people doing some incredible work in there. Yep, for sure. So why don't you wrap us on out of here so I can go put on another uh, coat of aloe and get this sunburn down a little bit. <laughs> Got to get rid of that sunburn. <laughs> all right, man. Well, again, thank you all so much for tuning in. Uh, we'll have some fun stuff here for us next week. And thank you for joining us here on the Overreaction Podcast. <laughs>